What's poppin' y'all doing? Welcome back to episode 35 of The Swamp Life with yours truly, the one and only, Big Gator, Gator Love, Don Cayman, Turtleneck Gator, Spiffy Gator, aka Mr. Where's My Lighter. And hopefully y'all had a nice week since the last time y'all heard this voice. Um, just been chillin'. We got another question for the ladies this week. That's most likely gonna be a running segment on the show. Just gonna have a new question for the ladies each week with their perspective on something just to see how they feel about shit just so young niggas know you know what i mean i feel like that could be really assistive for young players growing up so that's going to be something i run with and uh yeah just go with from now on um there's a few things we wanted to touch on but i just wanted to start off with some sports stuff because i haven't really touched on sports in a few weeks and this saga has been happening for since the whole basketball season started and if you're keeping up with it i'm pretty sure you can already know i'm talking about the jimmy butler situation and what's crazy about this situation is he requested to be traded four days after the season ended last year. Now, I can understand partially why Tibbs didn't want to trade Jimmy Butler, because if you think about it, he gave up a lot to get Jimmy Butler. He gave up Zach Levine and Laurie Marketing. I think Laurie Marketing was like maybe a top, or no, I don't even know what number Laurie Marketing was, but let's just safely say both of these niggas were top 10 picks. So he gave up two top 10 picks to give up or to get Jimmy Butler. <laughs> And then that person that you get tells you, hey, I don't want to play here with these lazy ass niggas. You, as the president and the coach, have to make the decision of do you want to get rid of your hardest working and one of your most talented players after you just gave up two top 10 picks, knowing you're not going to get equal compensation. That's a fucking dilemma to be in. But I still don't think Tibbs handled it as well as he could have because the Rockets ended up offering four first round picks and... The 76ers offered Robert Covington, Dario Saric, and a second round pick. Now, I know four, four, four first round picks sounds like a astronomical amount of shit, but if you think about it, that's over six to eight years. There's no way that that's realistically going to improve the team while Tibbs is the president and the coach. So in a sense, I understand why he didn't want to make that decision. But there's no motherfucking way that there was not another team offering something better than Robert Covington and Dario Sarge. That just doesn't make sense. But he made this trade, so we'll see how this works out. The, one of the positives I will say for the Timberwolves is this does improve their spacing. They did need a little bit more shooters. And it is somewhat a positive and a negative for the 76ers, depending on the way they work out their lineup. Because if they're going to keep starting Markel Fultz, that shit's not going to work out, but if they slide Jimmy Butler to the three and then move Jimmy Reddick to the two, I like the way that that's going to work for their spacing. But if not, Jimmy Butler's not the best shooter himself, so it's going to be interesting the way this works out on the East. But they're definitely going to be a top contender going forward. It's just, I don't know if Tibbs is going to be able to see how this works out for the Timberwolves moving forward. Because after making these two trades in the past two years, if they don't make the playoffs and do well in the playoffs, not just get eliminated in the six-game series, or not get eliminated in the six-game series by a weak team. They have to get eliminated in the six-game series by the Warriors or fucking the Rockets or something like that. They cannot go into the playoffs and then just get eliminated. If they go to the playoffs and get eliminated like they're just worthless, I think that'll be Tibbs' job as president or coach, if not both. But while I'm on basketball... I wanted to touch on this Carmelo Anthony situation because it's so interesting, everyone's perspective in the NBA. And I think it's so interesting because 
this has been an underlying narrative for Carmelo Anthony's whole career if you just go back and look at it. No one's, car, no one's called Carmelo Anthony a great teammate or praised his off-the-court efforts or on-the-court efforts as a team or the way he brings the team together or anything like that. No one was rushing to Denver to be a part of Carmelo Anthony's team. Period! And if you want to say the players didn't have that level of freedom back then, you can look at when Carmelo Anthony went to New York. Think about how much New York had to give up to even acquire Carmelo Anthony. And I have a rebuttal for someone saying, well, he wasn't the GM. He didn't have control of them giving up all those players. So when he got there, he didn't even get along with the best players that were there. Him and Amari had beef. Now, how are you going to beef with the best player on your team? He brought the Knicks back to life. He's the reason you even wanted to come to the team. How are you going to have beef with that person? And I mean, I understand how you can have beef with a nigga. Like, he, he may not be the person you thought he was. I understand. You know what I mean? It's, it is what it is. But... And then at the end of the day, you guys have a job to do. So y'all got to go out there and, and work together to the best of your abilities, at least. And he couldn't even do that. But then at the end, there was way too much turmoil. We're not blaming what happened at the end of New York on Melo at all. Because I'm not one of those people saying Melo's a bad player. I still think Melo's a great player. Melo will be in the Hall of Fame. But... I'm not going to sit here and be one of the people who are making it seem like Melo is being used as a scapegoat or make it seem like these things haven't been said about Melo before or as if these are new things that are, are just being arisen out of nowhere because it was said on the Thunder. It, it was said before he got to the Thunder. Before he even played a minute on the Thunder, he was sparking these kinds of issues, sparking the speculation of questions as if he's going to be an issue in the locker room just off the very first press conference he had they asked him if he was willing to come off the bench and he like just scoffed as if that was one of the stupidest questions he's ever been asked and then told Paul George that they are they're suggesting he comes off the bench like it's just fucking stupid when in reality it would have made so much more sense for him to come off the bench so he could control the second unit and not fuck up the offense's flow for the first team and jack up as jack up as many shots as he wants for the second team but what in reality did he end up doing Fucking up the offense's flow. Then, he goes to the Rockets. Same thing. They're asking him if he's going to be willing to come off the bench. But for some reason, this year, he's saying yes. He gets there, he comes off the bench, and he's now saying he's going to have difficult time adjusting to this. And, I don't understand. I don't understand what people were expecting. It's... It's genuinely blasphemous that people were expecting him to go from OKC to the Rockets and just be a different player. I have no idea why people expected that. And if you do, give me a second. You can tweet me and tell me. I'm going to take a hit of this Purple Punch. By the way, strain of the week is Purple Punch, Pure Sativa. Normally, I don't really smoke Pure Sativa just because it keeps me personally in my brain and I'll be spaced out just thinking about way too many things that I need to be thinking of, or that I don't necessarily need to be thinking about at once instead of focusing on the shit that I need to focus on. But I mean, sometimes it can have you hyper focused on the shit that you're doing. It works out either way sometimes, but I try to fuck with the indica, indica dominant hybrid, you know what I mean? Just so I get that body feeling and low key stay focused as fuck on what I'm doing. But yeah, let me know what y'all like to smoke. I'm always here for it. Uh, give me a second.
and I'm glad I took a hit before delving into this topic. And low-key, this should have been the question that I asked the women this week. But um, before we get into the women's perspective, if you have Twitter at all, you have to have seen nigger fishing. And if you're not aware what nigger fishing is, it all started with this thread where this, uh, this black girl thought that she was following another black girl on Twitter, but in reality, it ended up being a white woman. Now this sparked a whole thread of other people who follow white women who they thought were actually black women. And this is super wild to me personally, because initially I had to, when I started recording this, I wasn't understanding the intent and why they would even want to pose as black women. But our Nubian queens are out here popping. At the same time, they're also one of the most disrespected demographics, not even one of, they are the most disrespected and underappreciated demographic we have. So it does make sense. It makes sense why a person would want that attention, but wouldn't necessarily want the circumstance that comes behind that attention as well. But I was so flabbergasted to see how many women are actually doing this because they're going from white as Lindsay Lohan to Ashanti's skin complexion. Like it's not making sense. And I don't even know how they're doing this. I don't know what makeup products or if you can tan that much. Is that even healthy? Like, that's the opposite of what Michael Jackson was doing. What the fuck? And just from a psychological perspective, how do you feel comfortable doing that at the end of the day? Like, I understand that this gets you attention and gets you hella Instagram followers, you know, people are commenting hard eyes and emojis and all that stuff. But if you have to create a whole ass persona that's not who you are to get all that stuff, then what are you actually getting from that at the end of the day? Like what value really comes from that if you have to do that much and it's not really who you are. That's a, it's such a wild thing to me, but I'm not doing it, so I don't I don't know. But what I did have a slight like discrepancy with is with people correlating the Kardashians into this. Because while the Kardashians are imitating, you know, they do imitate black women, they do copy the style of black women. They're not black facing, or they're they're not black facing. Like, and at the end of the day, they're not white women who are making their skin incredibly darker. So it, there's there's just, I, there's differences, and I understand that people have the claims that yeah, their bodies are probably fake and stuff like that. I don't know if their bodies are fake, bro. So I can't really use that claim against them. These women, on the other hand, were skinny twig white women. Next thing you know. And their later Instagram photos, they're thicker than a bowl of oatmeal and tan like Ashanti. Okay, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) And speaking of I don't know, a situation that is wild that I'm waiting to really hear more details about is Riff Raff is apparently being blackmailed from an escort agency for a million dollars. And I honestly really wonder what he did with this escort agency. Because if you think about Riff Raff and just his lifestyle and everything, he's pretty out there, just in his lifestyle and what he's out here doing, you know what I mean? Y'all know Riff Raff's out here fucking with hoes. So like, there'd be no reason to, there. I wouldn't understand the embarrassment behind him fucking with an escort service. It would just be like, whatever. I'm sure there's tons of rappers who fuck with hoes and escort services. Like, I don't really see the big deal in that too much. But for him to be so upset in this video and not really give much detail as to what they're blackballing him or blackmailing him about 
that aroused some very that aroused a lot of suspicion just because not that i care about his sexuality in the slightest but it's like charlamagne said it planted that seed and now it just started growing in my head too pause did he do something gay with this escort service or like was he having sex with a transgender or like why is why he's why is he so passionate in this video and not that i give a fuck about his sexuality at all like i'm saying like i said but it seems well obviously he does it's his sexuality but it seems like he is scared of this coming out as if it's gonna hurt his image or something and that just made me super curious as to what's going on and while i'm on what's going on the question for the ladies this week was which i feel like is pretty assistive for the weirdos although i don't really necessarily want to call these niggas weirdos as much anymore because everybody's going up in this age now where people are just way more comfortable talking on social media as opposed to discussing things in person you'll get way more of a emotional or intimate response on twitter or snapchat or instagram or even a way more direct response i'll say not necessarily intimate you'll get a way more direct response on one of these social media platforms than you'll actually get from someone in person so one of the gms i'm in i asked these things if they had any questions that i could ask females and they came up with a good question that i think could be assisted for you know those socially awkward shy guys and the question was what are some of the signs that a woman that a woman's gonna give you to let you know to shoot your shot and i like i said i do think it's a good question but at the same time i feel like it's one of those things where you have to just know because even i asked all the women in my snap again and even the answers that i got they weren't anything different than i've already known and i realize not everyone is as perceptive as i am and not everyone is like paying attention to these signs or to these signals the most important thing is body language and her time like literally it's that simple if she's giving you time my nigga she's a little bit interested like and we can go further than that because if you want to go face to face in person kind of things a lot of the things i got was you know a lot of eye contact head tilts like a smile maybe like a, a touch on the chest when you make a joke or just like little subtle things but honestly you know what was far more interesting though was the woman who expressed that if they're feeling you at all they'll just shoot their shot or they'll let you know that they're feeling you just directly that only comes from a woman that's been in an experience with a male who's completely oblivious to the subtle cues that a woman usually gives out and i don't want to completely categorize all women into one category but and i got pretty much some of the majority of the same answers none of the answers i got were like incredibly wild like she puts her foot over her earlobe and scratches her left nipple or something like you know what i mean like that was i don't even know where that just came from i'm sorry y'all but it wasn't anything wild like that it was most of the things that i got were all about body language and just consuming her allowing you to consume some of her time in general replying to your text or replying to your text quick on social media some of the cues were like you know going back and liking some of your old pictures maybe or like commenting on some of your pics with hard eyes and you know just subtle shit like that it's all about the little things when you're looking to engage with a woman you just got to pay attention i feel like that's the biggest thing when you're looking to engage pay attention because she'll let you know where her body language or where her time it's that simple that's all you got to pay attention to from yours truly big game get your love now 
The greatest video of the weekend that I honestly didn't even see until right before I pushed record was this Jill Scott video. And let me say, Jill was handling business. I honestly didn't know Jill was out here like that. It's funny because, oh, and if you're not aware of what Jill Scott did, she basically used the microphone on stage and reenacted as if she was sucking a penis on stage. And like I said, Jill was handling business. She didn't leave out the balls or nothing. Like she went to work. <laughs> And speaking of going to work, I feel like this is a big thing that I wanted to touch on. This is the final thing that I have, but it's it's more so just about people underestimating the value that they bring to a company at work. There are so many people that will just accept a level of mistreatment or just a level of treatment that they don't have to accept because of their skill set and what they're bringing to the company, whether that's under, be, being underpaid, the hours they have to work, the their coworkers, their boss like you like there's so many business establishments there's so many like there's so many revenue streams there's so many ways you can make money yourself as opposed to working for one of these places that are gonna hinder you and keep you down it's crazy and I say that because I fucking can't stand the place I work right now and Instead of like, you know, being one of those people who are like, fuck, I want to quit and I hate my job. I've, I've had two days off so far and I've taken the initiative to go look for new jobs, right? And in two days, I've had two job offers. I've realistically had three job offers, but one of them is for a multi-level marketing company. And y'all know I'm not trying to join no pyramid bullshit. So I say that to say, bruh, if you're not happy at the place you have to work, start your own shit, bruh. Go do your thing. Or go look for a new job. Fill out applications. Call these people. Make it happen. Because it can't happen. And be positive and be optimistic about it. If you're not getting called back in a day or two, no sweat. Like, don't sweat that shit, my nigga. Call them in a day or two. Have your resume on file. Have your resume printed out. Pull up if you can. Because that's that's exactly how I just got a, the job offered to me. I just I pulled up. I was like, hey, I have job experience. I've worked for the company before. I seen you guys were hiring, I filled out an application, I just wanted to come in and introduce myself to the general manager. Me and the general manager had a conversation, next thing you know, at the end of that conversation, he wants to offer me the job. Sometimes it's honestly just that simple, and it requires a level of positivity that going into these things, not everyone can have. I know I didn't have it at a time, or I know I didn't have it at times. So, if you need it from somebody, I'm trying to give it to you, pimp. And that's all I got for y'all this week. Uh, I'll be back next week. I'm moving the dates to Wednesday, or I'm moving the days to Wednesday because I'm never, I haven't posted on Tuesday in a while, and I've only been posting on Wednesday, and it just, every Wednesday, tune in. We're going to be out here. New Swamp Life. Thanks for tuning in.